and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to uh, 9 to 42, which is the podcast from the guys at Guitar Show UK. Uh, my very good friend Jace Hunt is with me on screen bright and early this morning. It's just before 9am. How are you, Jace? Very well. It is very early to be doing this. Normally we're doing this at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. This is, a, I think this is the earliest I've ever, I've ever done one of these. Mm. Okay. Um, and, uh, and our guest is with us also bright and early. Uh, and I'm very excited. We're both very excited to have uh, Bernard Butler with us for the day. How are you, Bernard? Good. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, good morning. And morning. we were just commenting on each other's backdrops because um, we all seem to have, I think, what you probably class as uh, midlife crisis rooms now that we all appear to be ensconced in. Um, so there's a lot of gear and there's a lot of books and there's a lot of music floating around, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, but one of us not... is a professional ant. Yeah, I know, I know. But I was going to hope for a little bit we'd have got away with that. Yeah. Uh, so, Bernard, how's lockdown treated you? Um really fine i'm a happy isolated musician who can happily stay indoors on my own so <laughs> at that level it's not not affected me really at all and um uh i've been yeah pretty productive yeah i'm i'm just quite happy being an int- introverted musician so it's 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 been all right generally apart from the fact that then I'm, when i leave my studio room i've got this thing called a family um everywhere all over my house so and and then I realized that I'm actually not a musician I'm a chef I'm uh, I'm a cleaner I'm I'm everything uh in this house so um uh it's been busy it's been like a it just feels like a hotel like a weird boarding house or something it's felt for the last year just really busy um but you know it's all right and uh compared to what some people have been through it's uh obviously um uh been absolutely fine yeah and, and has there been homeschooling going on as well? Has it been the, the full-on experience? Not really. Mine are too old for that. And right. uh, my youngest, who's now just turned 15, um, I've kind of, <laughs> I've just been doing it too long to bother, to be honest. So um, <clears throat> no, we're past, the, we're past that stage. Um, but um, yeah, I really, I really feel for people who've got kids that young, who've had to d- deal with all that. And, and that must be just uh a nightmare pressure you see this stuff online and you know you'll see the fabulous celebrity mum who's uh giving tips on the how, uh, fabulous how to do homeschooling and that stuff just <laughs> just makes me want to bash my head against the wall but, you know those those t- wonderful confident parents who do everything perfectly in a one wonderful outfit and then you see their beautiful home and kitchen and uh yeah i, 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 I can't bear all that stuff really so uh it's always been chaos in this house <laughs> any parent that tells you that they've survived lockdown without an ipad and netflix is lying absolutely it's just lying yeah uh, it's not possible yeah we've managed to do stuff like make sure we try and eat together stuff like that every day um when when we do eat together we, we don't talk obviously or <laughs> but you know actually just try and do stuff but i don't know you know uh, let everyone live their lives you know the way they do and um and accept also that that an awful lot of people aren't learning russian or learning the violin or, or whatever you know but a lot of people just live like this all the time anyway and i've got lots plenty of friends that 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 just like well that's how i live 
What's the difference? You know, the people who live on their own and, uh, you know, and then there's plenty of people who are just, you know, lonely characters out there anyway. Um, and life has always been like this. Hmm. Um, so uh, trying to solve problems to be as fabulous as possible uh, in order to get through it, I think, is, is, is really uh, far of the mark for a lot of people. My biggest achievement's been I've sat in the garden more and I've read more. Hmm. And that's that's been about the extent of what I could have managed. But I'm really quite proud of both of those things. Yeah. I mean, all those things are, are great. Yeah. Same same as here and uh, walking a lot because <laughs> getting out, you know, just the amount of walking we've done is great. Uh, in, I'm in London and, uh, you know, I just decided as soon as uh, this all happened, that it was my, a great excuse to never get on a tube again. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't done 50 years of, of London public transport. I'd, I'd paid my dues and I thought, that's it. I'm just not doing this again. Uh, don't so, blame you. So, uh, so that's been really great, you know. And just once you get into the mentality of a travel, tra- you know, like you have travel distances, you know, and you think, oh, that's 20 minutes walk or oh, it's a bit far. And then you think another, another, on another occasion, walking 20 minutes, you think nothing of it. So, yeah. and, and, you know, if you if you twist the, your mentality, you can think, well, actually, you know, cycling. Well, I, I mean, I love cycling um, and walking anyway. So um, all of those things have been good. Yeah. To get around London. London's been a good place. My wife work, has been working in um, in the city of London. She's a teacher and she, she didn't get a single day off. I mean, they didn't close at all. And uh, and so I was going into the city of London <clears throat> with her quite a lot, cycling in there, meeting her. And uh, it's been brilliant because there's no one there. And yeah. uh, all the city boys were gone and uh, the, the place was deserted and, and actually really, you know, such beautiful streets around there. Mm. So, um, and it's still not back. It's still not back to any, anything like normal now, is it? I mean, I came down a couple of weeks ago for the first time in over a year and I stayed in a, a really great little B&B actually in Pimlico. Uh, I've never been to Pimlico before um, and oh, went for a, oh yeah, it's lovely. And went for a oh. run along the, the river and, and what have you. And it was, but it was so quiet. Mm, yeah, it's lovely down there. Pimlico is is definitely where all the spies are. <laughs> I was thinking when I go to the Tate Britain, which is in Pimlico, uh, you, there's these lovely little streets all around it, and you just think, who lives here? Who would live in Pimlico? <laughs> and it's just got to be KDB. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, you know, and, and MPs have got their hideaway sort of uh, affair houses going on, you know, by the river, that kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> Um, I've, I've got a quick question before we get on to, because I know, Jace, you've got a few, you'll have some things scrolled down because you're always the organised one. But um, with the with the, the the announcement yesterday with regard to sort of the, the easing, the full easing of lockdown, and the, you know, resumption of events and this, that and the other, have you got any plans for gigging? Uh, I do, yeah. Um, very, very uh, cautiously, yeah. Um, yes, I do. Yeah, I'm starting to think it. I won't, I won't say anything now, but um, I'm going to be doing something in the in, in the autumn. A couple of things right. in the autumn, um, which haven't been announced yet, and uh, hopefully more next year. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you, you, you're quite comfortable to get back out, and you think that you think the audience will be comfortable to to come and what have you. I'm really comfortable to go out. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, today the, the announcement is uh, slightly bonkers. I think. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if how much I'm I'm actually scared of of um, of coronavirus at this point or or, or spreading it uh, more more than it's just yet another calamity of of mismessaging yeah. that me about the whole thing um, that that I think is confusing for people who are um, uh, in danger. Um, so uh, that's that's the real thing that bothers me, and just more chaos that I don't trust. 
Um, but I've, uh, I, I've just actually <laughs> at this moment as well, because I had uh, COVID about three weeks ago, um, quite badly for about a week we did, we did in this house. So um, at this point, feeling quite well, I feel pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty safe, you know, <laughs> just kind of feel, we're, you know, we're safe for a couple of months anyway. Uh, even though we've had vaccines and stuff. So that's probably part of that. Um, so, but in terms of going to um, shows, um, you know, honestly, you, you won't really find me moshing down the front of the Brixton Academy. You know, um, those days have gone. And uh, so, that, so where I might be going to personally, um, I imagine will be uh, pretty a pretty pleasant environment anyway for, for watching music. Mm. Um uh and uh and by that point point i will have been in a football stadium as well <laughs> so uh that's uh i've got no excuses for that but yeah i'm I'm really really happy to uh be able to play again um for t- for two reasons first of all because um i feel i feel music and the arts have been deliberately been given a big kick and uh and treated appallingly on many levels during this period, uh, Brexit before this, of course, and and then the pandemic, and uh, and just the sort of messages that have come out of government, the messages from that prick David Frost last week hmm. uh, about how Elton John had had hits before the European Union and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's such a the idea that, that a minister working, uh, you know, and commenting on culture can be so snide and and dismissive of of uh, of a whole industry and, and a business is is just so um so appalling i think um uh, in their position to have that just have that outlook um never mind uh, what what they're doing so i think that that kind of outlook that's come is has been uh, really poor for all the people um uh, working uh, i mean you know just on that the one thing that occurred to me about that comment was that People do have the assumption these days that you, you to survive in music, uh, to be a young person, you have to be a trustafarian, you know, have wealthy parents, that kind of stuff, um, and uh, no one else can do it. And there is a lot of that actually. That a lot of that is true, and we see that in in acting as well. Um, but that forgets the people who have been who are in their 40s and 50s making music who've been doing it all their lives um who aren't super rich pop stars who are just musicians that's what they do for a living and they just earn a nice modest living and 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 love what they do and 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 and, 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 and but and most importantly incredibly skilled highly skilled people all their lives who aren't living with their parents or on rich trust funds and have just been cut down to size and told you can't do that anymore yeah and we don't really care you know so i think this thing that you have to be elton john or radiohead or something or 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 a very wealthy young man from a from a public school or background um uh, is they're the only people that are disadvantaged it is is really wrong uh it's really inaccurate and is one of the many many inaccuracies that uh, that go on about how money works uh, within music uh, uh the music industry and with uh, and, and in the arts Hmm. This, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. You'd always get these, uh, you know, BBC lists of the wealthiest young musicians every year, which is so annoying because you'd, you'd think, oh, look, they're, 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 they're coining it in, aren't they? Look at that. You know, what's, what are you complaining about, about streaming, etc. you know, when you, you know, you've clearly, it's, it's just paying for another swimming pool, you know, and it just really, um, it's, I find that really, really frustrating. 
So I, th I think overall, there's so, so many levels to, to the way people work in music that go, that aren't Radiohead and Elton John. And it's, it's nice that we have those people who can stand up for the, the lower, uh, the, for the, not the lower, but the, for, for the different levels um, that people work at. Um, but at the same time, by 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 the fact it is those people who are clearly very successful um it does give the public a really easy assumption that everyone is uh just sort of moaning you know and and, and i think that's really unfair there's a there's a huge lack of understanding um but i think about how i mean a about the the, the, the sheer number of musicians there are for whom that is that is what they do uh, of all age ranges because there's a you know the one thing the one thing about the industry now is there's a lot of a lot of people who provided they can get out and play can make a living um you know as a, as a musician you've got a reasonable back catalog a reasonable following but the but the you know the the revenue generated to it you know to a large extent is getting out and touring and playing and playing live and and if you go back right at the beginning when they were talking about the arts and the first announcements of some support came it was it was all about venues it was all about buildings it wasn't actually about people mm. um so, and it, you know so all that first money seemed to get i mean okay people at like the music venue trust did a great job of saying look if these venues goes they're not coming back and i totally appreciate what they're doing it makes a lot of sense but we we no point have we had a conversation about actually the people who are you know, in all instances of essentially a freelance and then there's all the crew then there's all the engineers then there's all the lighting design guys there's the skills that we have as a country where we probably lead in the world on these kind of things that you know broadway shows don't get put on without british talent big gigs don't get put on without british talent and yet if these people have to are forced to go and do something else we'll never get those skills back yeah. um you know and, and it's just like you say it's it's a complete it's a, it's almost like an 80s mentality if if somebody if you hear somebody on the radio a lot they must be doing well 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 that's that's not how people get paid yeah you know if a plumber does a really nice kitchen in your street and does really well out or a big house conversion you know you don't think in 20 years they can be coining it in you just think that year they did well you know, mm. but then he's got to do another house the next year and, 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 and so on. You know, that's how self-employment works. You know, we're not on salaries. And, um, and it's exactly the same with music. You can have a good year and then not earn a penny for five years. And, and, you know, you're back to square one. And, and that's always the way it is. And, and that's, that's not moaning about it. This is, this is just the, the part of the nature of everyone needs to earn a living and, and survive and, uh, and, and also keep funding the thing they do because uh, having art in our world is is just essential i mean it's just it's we're getting to this sort of existential point where we have to to, to talk to people about why art is important in, in our not in our lives you know why it's important it to have it in our world and uh, that is just such a ludicrous uh, situation that we've we've got ourselves into um because uh, it's starting to, to to look like it's a you know it's a hobby and it's a pastime again and uh, okay, that that's using those phrases that are just missing the point entirely mm. of what art has always been the function art has always played in society you know just therefore if you don't if you're not doing something that is, that is designed just to make money then it has to be a hobby so you've got no right to have anything in between where you where you can earn a living um so uh, and what you describe about actually the people who who make it happen as well are incredibly technically skilled you know just like every, just like all the people we rely on for uh, you know our houses and uh, building and construction all those kind of things that 
incredibly skilled workers at what they do and that's why we hire them because we don't know how to fix stuff because <laughs> <laughs> in the same way that we have incredibly skilled technicians everywhere in uh, working in uh, venues and um, and not just venues you know go through to football stadiums or something you need people who are audio technicians and lighting technicians and all the rest they're all performances there's performances yeah. going on everywhere in life you look at a, the tory party conference it's full of performance technicians making the whole thing come to life whether it's audio visual and all those kind of elements and they're all self-employed people who are highly skilled highly trained and although uh, um i was gonna say i did hear that um the sort of like union of techies can't remember what it's called have all said that they will refuse to work the tory party conference at the next one given the way that they've been treated so it could be a very drab affair next year no way <laughs> more drab than every other one yeah about time too yeah uh yeah that's a, that's a great a great point i mean so i, I mean obviously we people have i guess in our circles we we know about this stuff um have talked a lot about the uh the, the, the people who have lost out these skilled workers and technicians um the audience side is quite interesting because obviously we have to see the audiences as the people who are also they are they are um they are voters mm. they're people who have enabled the governments we have and the systems we have and the vote for brexit you know there's no point it, musicians tend to have, have this um a uh, put across a, a quite a liberal perspective. I think that's fair to say with yeah. the culture mm -hmm. side of culture and arts, it tends to represent, and you, you, most people would probably think they're in safe territory talking in quite a liberal manner. I, I would have thought that's a fair thing to say, uh, or they're not exclusive. And you, but you have to look at, and it, with that, you, you, you know, I don't know many people, I don't know anyone within music for sure who would have voted for Brexit, for example. I don't know no, any personally. Uh, well, I can know uh, people outside of it, but I don't know anybody who's um, who's working within music that's done. I can, I can give you a little bit of help on that, simply because I went to an event that the Creative Industries Federation put on um, a few years ago, and they'd done some research that suggested that ninety-seven percent of the Creative Industries Federation members were thought Brexit, Brexit was a terrible idea and had voted to, to to remain in the EU. So even if there is a few, we're talking about sub five yeah. percent but that's that's pretty yeah that's pretty conclusive but you look out at your audience and you can't have that perspective no. you know and uh, and so having views like i've got and and um, i'm safe to say that we've got here um about about how, how the effects of brexit um will have uh it's quite difficult to have those perspectives uh, uh you know exclusively and and look out at audiences that on the one hand do want to be with you and want to want to see you and they need that you know in their lives because i think again going back to that point everybody needs art and culture in their lives people whatever they do they need to they need to have that outlet but looking out at those audiences that have enabled this situation mm. and uh, that's that's quite awkward i think and I think that's a bit of an elephant in the room, and it's going to be in the future. Um, and I th and I think that, but 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 that's the other part of it about playing live is that I I I think will I find will I find it uncomfortable? I think no, I think people will, will so want to see live music, 
I think people so want to, as many of the, any, if you ask anybody today, um, what, what's the thing that you'd most like, you know, if, if, if this is all over at the end of the year, I don't think it will be, but um, if it's, if it all ends, what would you like to do that you haven't been able to do? You know, lots of people will mention, I don't know, a wedding or, or, you know, going to see a football match. Um, and, and a lot of people will say music straight mm-hmm. away you know, and, and, and as one of those top of the list things that, that they've really missed. So on the one hand, it's been dismissed and, and pretty much a lot of it's destroyed and, uh, and cast aside in a way that sports in well, football obviously wasn't because they did everything to protect that. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, w- when it comes back, people will be absolutely desperate to go to a show. Yeah. And I'm not talking about going to Glastonbury I'm talking about just going to see that band or that artist come to your, um, you know, medium, small size venue in, in your town. Mm. You are, you know, mm. that, that feeling of knowing that somebody who you've, you've heard or you've admired for years or you, or you like their music um, is suddenly, <laughs> you know, a mile down the road to, on a Friday night and, and, and you know that that's the perfect night out for you yeah I'm, I mean I mean in my case it's the, the the one gig that's been pushed back that I've really missed and you're right it was local I was due to see Richard Hawley um, you know in, in Halifax and that's been pushed back twice but that's already the one there's that and the first time I'll get to go back to Bramall Lane because I'm a Sheffield United supporter so those are those are my two things No I, well, I, mean, I am an Arsenal fan um, and a season ticket holder but I'm also uh, I, I go and I have been for the last few last three three or four years um, going to uh, Harringay Borough which is my local uh, uh, lower league club as well in the Isthmian League and uh, so it, and that's that's I just go with friends and we're all kind of we all support different teams, obviously, and mm. we'll go to borrow. It's a different story. And it's just a really beautiful thing. There's like 300 people there. And it's it's just it's just amazing. It's just it's just great. Um, but what the point I was trying to make was that's the difference between obviously Sheffield United, West Brom, Arsenal. At the end of the day, they're all Premier League clubs and they're all protected to a certain extent. Yeah. You look down the bottom there. Well, I mean, that's been very touch and go. Oh, it's been a car crash. Exactly. And uh, and they haven't been protected again. And it's no. a very similar thing to music where Glastonbury, you know, will make it and, you know, certain venues will make mm. it and, and certain musicians will make it and certain and but when, as you go down the, uh, the grades, you know, people don't. And all of these things, again, you could say, well, what's the point in the Isthmian League? Well, I, why wouldn't you go to the Premier League, <laughs> you know, Premier League games or something? Why would you bother? And uh, but the, the answer, again, is that people need this in their lives. You know, it's what our lives are. You know, in, bet- in between birth and death, we sh- it shouldn't be me- measured by just the, the financial um, uh, scope of, of anything we experience. You know, that we have to experience something that makes a lot of money or that, or that we spend a lot of money and, and has a vast uh, reach. There should be something that has, that has personal uh, identity and individuality and, and meaning and character to it. And that we should be allowed to choose what those moments are and have mm. those available to us. Um, because, you know, you can't take... You can't take Bramall Lane with you, I'm afraid. <laughs> no. Well, I, I think, I mean, there's something about as well, having about, t- t- your example's a perfect example, actually. That's about something that anchors you to your area and it anchors you to your friends and it's a shared experience and it just happens to be that's that's the club that you've picked. And you've obviously, what you've, you know, you, you've, you've, you've found the one local to you because if there's no... I mean, for most of us, football, you know, starts because somebody takes you when you're four or five to a football match for the first time. And and the bastards always win on that first time that you go, always. And then you're hooked. 
and then you're hooked and then you end up, you know, whether it's West Brom or it's Arsenal or it's the Blades, whatever it is, you, that that's that's where you are. But but if you if you get a group of people together and say, well, let, let's, you know, on the, on the alternate weekend, let's go and watch our local team. That's a, that's more of a choice. So you're picking then on locale and it's because you're anchored to that space. And that's a really, yeah. really good thing. It's a good thing for us as human beings. Mm. It was yeah. interesting. Well, Har- the Harringay Borough, because it hit that we did hit the news about a year ago, well, two years ago, I think it was. There was the famous, um, well, notorious racist incident. Um, I, you might remember it was the same week England were playing Bulgaria, I think, and there was a, a load of racist chanting in that week. And there was the following Saturday, um, <clears throat> Borough playing in the Cup, FA Cup, like first round um, with Swindon. And uh, I'll go. There was uh, several players that were racially abused by the Swindon fans, and uh, we walked off. And uh, because it was the cup day, because it was cup day, um, it hit the news because mm. there was uh, people knew about it and, and stuff. And uh, and it was really interesting to be in that situation uh, because it was such a, uh, obviously a something an issue that's very much on the table and has been sadly ever since as well. Um, but it, on the one hand, it was handing out, it was on a sort of national level with the England team, and on another level, it was happening around a very small uh, place. You've got to remember, there's no screens there. You don't watch events again. You don't see that thing happen again. You know, and it's happening right. You're standing on the touchline. You know, so absolutely everything that happens happens right in front of you, and you're experiencing. And it was very emotional, very very powerful thing to be part of that day. Um, but to see your team uh, just say, right, that's it, we're out, we're not doing this, and just literally walked out of the FA Cup um, on that moment um, was a really powerful thing. So exactly what you're saying, it's 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 very much about being a part of a community decision. It's not um, your team team, if you like, yeah. um, and uh, it's about uh, being with friends and and taking that choice, and and certainly not about. Um, uh, dreams of winning the FA Cup or <laughs> league title thing. It's it's about the experience, but with with that, uh, but you see both ends of it. Um, still, you see both in, in a microcosm, if you like. Um, you see both ends of the of, of the spectrum: the joy and the highs, and the, and then the lows as well that that could that happen in society. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've been to see um, Bromsgrove Sporting, which is my local team. It's probably the same level sort of thing, and I I love the. Um, I love the fact that you can, at half time, just change ends and go and stand yeah. behind oh, the yeah. other Everyone goal. Round, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. Like, the whole crowd just does that, doesn't it? You know, like the the, the ten away fans move, uh, yeah. and the probably hundred and fifty home fans move, uh, and it, it it's a very different experience to go in and watching uh, sort of like West Brom. Um, there's a chance that they might win. So that's a different experience for me. Um, (laughs) The chance that that you may be clear of Sam Allardyce for a couple of years now, you may be clear. Just just the (laughs) worst thing in the world ever. (laughs) I just, it's like, please, I would rather have got relegated and had no manager for the rest of the season at that point, whenever it was, was it November, December time? Just, I just not, <clears throat> not Sam, not that football. Uh, just please, no. We've uh, all and- had it. We've all had it. There's that day when, <laughs> you know, when they announced Brian Robson was coming to Bramall Lane and you're just fed and your heart just sank. And, you know, it must be the same if they announce 
Mark. Well, I don't know Arsenal. I mean, I, I mean, well, well, no, no. I mean, you know, Wenger was there for about four hundred and seventy-five years or something. Yeah, uh, and now you've got oh god, what's his name? Um, action man, um, <laughs> eagle eyes, Mikel Arteta. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we 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 haven't had to deal with that. Obviously, Tottenham are dealing with that kind of at the moment because they're just. I think they should have gone with Nuno from the start. He seems yeah, like yeah. a good man mm. and a good guy. And who Tottenham fans will love him, but I just feel sorry for the fact that they dug deep, deep, deep until they got to the right at the bottom, and, and he was the only guy left. Yeah, which bad. was weird. I mean, I don't know um, what it was like in London, but certainly because obviously, um, you know, Wolverhampton are not very far away from Birmingham. Um, you know, you get it's the local press, and there was rumours that Nuno was going to Tottenham at Christmas time. So they, they must have been talking and I assumed when it got to the end of the season and he was like, I'm leaving, I'm not carrying on. I assumed that's where he was going. Um, so I don't know what's gone on there. Um, but, mm. You know, uh, it's, I, <laughs> that, that, you know, with their multi, multi-million pound stadium and their fan base and Harry Kane and all of that, that's their problems to worry about. It's, you know, I mean, yeah, for absolutely. West Brom, the new kit is causing enough kind of controversy <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. One, one blue stripe, just one big down the middle blue stripe. Oh, no. I, oh, no. That's not Albion's kit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy about the Tottenham away kit, which is basically the Arsenal 71 away kit. Yellow with blue. <laughs> I don't really get I, on so many levels. I'm like, well, why do you want this? Let alone, <laughs> why do we want you to look like this? It's, yeah, it's is, is, a, is a really strange thing. Mm. Uh, so I suppose we should get onto music, shouldn't we? Really? Well, your we music. Can, we can do it for like. I mean, I you know, I mean, we've got choices now. Uh, funnily enough, I've got Haringey Borough FC and Arsenal written down, so we've covered that off. Um, <laughs> and I suppose, uh, do we want to talk about Record Store Day? That's uh, is that next weekend? Weekend after? Uh, I don't know if there's another one. Uh, that there are several, aren't there? There was one um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, we just had one. We just had was one. That, was it about a month ago? And um, I had a release. Yeah. Yes. Really- so um, people move on. How did that go? Um, how did the song go, or how did the- <laughs> uh, well? How did the, the re-release go? And yeah, you know, well, I mean, how do, how does that happen? Are you approached? Do you approach them? I mean, I, I don't really understand the mechanics of it. Okay, so there's a company called Demon, who are a super company who do lots and lots of reissues, um, and they take it upon themselves to just think. We could do that. We could do that. Let's put that out. Let's put that out. Um, which is a really nice, uh, nice role. They've got a couple of guys called Val and Ben who, who are great. Um, they've been doing the suede reissues for a number of years uh, and a uh, similar kind of setup. And it's all, yeah, it's their ideas. So they've been asking me because I've been involved with that. And they did the McCalmont and Butler reissue a few years ago because that record was never uh, pressed on vinyl. And, and we put that together. Um, uh, yeah, they've been asked me to do People Move On for years, and I always said no, and um, so I said yes, <laughs> <laughs> finally. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that. Well, all they did is actually just put out a reissue of it, it was never repressed on vinyl, so it came out again on vinyl, um, uh, for record store day. And that kind of was the point where it all fell apart uh, for this episode of 942. Uh, we hit a bit of a wall, didn't we, Jace? 
We did. We did. It was brilliant. We've got another 20, 25 minutes of conversation with Bernard. Um, that at the end of the conversation, after we'd finished recording, you went, um, I'm not sure I should have said what I said. Uh, and I was like, well, okay. And he said, Look, I'll email you. So a couple of days later, um, he emailed me back and went, yeah, you can't use that. Some of that information I've given out is embargoed. And we were like, oh. So hence the reason why we did a very quick one uh, a couple of weeks ago with Chris Buck, because Bernard was due to be out and we were waiting to see whether we could. Um, but we've taken the decision now um, to just cut it and put it out as it is. And then we will go back to Bernard with the second half and expand upon that um, when we can. I know when we can. I'm just not allowed to say. No. And it wasn't the the 20 minutes of conversation. It's not all embargoed material. It's just the topic we got into. The core of the topic is the bit we can't talk about. Yeah. And the story and the explanation that goes alongside it makes no sense if you don't know what the the topic is does it that's the problem yeah um it, it, it all it wasn't a couple of, we thought it was a couple of minutes we could cut out and then we could kind of rejoin the conversation and loop back in but it actually now we've listened to it again it's it's not that worked that way around does it it hasn't it hasn't but it's a really it is it's a fascinating story mm. i think and the process that he went through and then hopefully um hopefully later in the year we can uh, we can let you hear it I feel quite privileged right now, knowing this yes, little yes, bit of yes, <laughs> inside yes, knowledge. Yes, because it wasn't exclusive. He did say at the time, I've not told anybody this story. So uh, it was a bit of an exclusive at the time. So um, it's, a, it's a bit like us knowing who's won the Bake Off. Because <laughs> they, know, they know like weeks before, don't they? They know before it airs. They know oh, in the they, summer, don't they? they? Yeah, they must know a good three months before yeah. who's won it. Yeah, yeah. Except we don't know who's... Well, I don't. Do you know who's won the next Bake Off? No. I, oh, okay. No. It's, right, okay, it's, it's not, it's not a, a programme that I'm, uh, you know, watching that frequently. Well, I, I didn't know because you've got that red hoops Breton type <laughs> shirt on again. You've got a look of a Bake Off contestant about you. So I just didn't know if you'd, uh, you'd, you'd straight down. It's one of those... Um, Hipster contestants, is that it? Yes, yeah, you are. You're one of those middle-aged hipsters. You, <laughs> pair of jeans, rolled up, no socks. That's the vibe, isn't it? No, no. Expensive socks is my right. one one luxury. I, I don't get that. I don't get the whole idea of leather shoes, no socks. No. I just, it's just wrong. No. It's got to chafe. It's got to chafe. It's got to chafe. Yeah, it's got to I chafe. was thinking that when I was watching the uh, triathlon today. I was watching the highlights of the... Um, the, the, the mixed triathlon that they've right. done. And, and it, you watch them kind of jump out of the water and onto a bike and they put shoes on. And then off the bike and they're different shoes on and they go running. And I was thinking, their feet must be cut to bits. I know. I know. You'd want to stop for a little dab of Vaseline, wouldn't you, before you... <laughs> or maybe the shoes have got Vaseline in them already. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know enough about a triathlon to know really i was just incredibly impressed watching it i i, I kind of want to put vaseline treated shoes into google but i kind of don't want to know <laughs> what that, that's going to return so we probably we ought to get back onto normal we've, we've drifted again haven't we <laughs> yes yeah, uh yes it's it's towards the end of the episode and we're drifting as we as we do so we with this other bit of burn we'll bring to you 
Uh, and we're hoping uh, at that point in time to speak to him again. Um, so the 20 minutes we've got, which is a great story in its own right, we'll we'll try and pad out with a, with another chat with Bernard uh, around about the time when when his embargoes out the way, and we can actually let that 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 bit of episode go. And we ought to uh, we ought to thank our friends at Focus, right? Yeah, I sent um, I sent Luke at Focus right the uh, the artwork for this episode yesterday. And and the title of the uh, email was, "You didn't have to chase me this time." And, and I was like, "Hello, mate. Here's the artwork." Uh, and then I got a, a email bounce back that said, "I'm off sick." Hence the reason why you hadn't chased me, and I was still probably very late. <laughs> but well, so, that- Luke, if you listen to this, hope you feel better, mate. Yes. Yes. Get get well soon, Luke. And uh, and and we we'd like to give you some idea of what's coming next. But as it stands at the moment, we haven't got a clue, have we? No, I've got a couple of um, irons in fire. Irons in the fire. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, you know we are at the whim of some artists. Uh, really, I mean, we've got quite a few that have said yes. It's just yes when mm. <laughs> you know. Um, but obviously, you know, it's. Uh, incredibly grateful when they do do it so uh, we'll work mm. around their schedules we'll find something we will bring you something exciting soon if the worst comes to worst it'll just be us two banging oh on no one wants that <laughs> i know we can't do that again uh we'll leave the one thing we'll leave you with um and feel free to get in touch we were ha- we started having a conversation before we hit record about favorite bob dylan tracks you've gone with blowing in the wind haven't you i have i've gone with hurricane um, if you want to let us know your favourite Dylan track, um, then then just just put it in a comment on some of the socials somewhere. Um, See, this is all very um, current for me because I'm li- I'm com- currently obsessed with the new album by the Warflowers, Jacob Dylan's new album. Right, I've not heard it. Oh, it's brilliant, absolutely oh. brilliant. And uh, I've got to be honest, the only reason why I started listening to it is because Butch Walker produced it, and I'm a big fan of Butch Walker. Yes, um, and it, and he's his fingerprints are all over it. I, you know, you can hear the Butch Walkerisms, if you like, all over it. And uh, so I, I then, I love that album. So I then bought another Warflowers album, Amazon reseller, you know, 99p. In Which fact, one? It wasn't, um, their second album. Uh, oh, I've got that. I've got, the fir- I've got their first two. I love the first one. I, and they're just brilliant. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how this bloke's kind of passed me by. Yeah, because it's it's right. It's absolutely your kind of stuff. Mm. Mm. Um, the album I've I've come back to this week was one that I listened to loads when it came out in, in around about ninety two ninety three, which was an album by a guy called Jude Cole called Start the Car. Um, and I listened to it loads at the time, and then for whatever reason stopped completely. Mm. Um, and I've started listening to it again this week, and it's. Fantastic! I'd forgotten how good it was. Very clean production, very early nineties, as you'd expect. But it's got yeah. bits of, um, you know, there's 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 bits of Tom Pet- Tom Petty in there. There's odd bits of Dylan in there. There's bits of Don Henley in there. There's yeah, brilliant. No, it's on Spotify. Jude, Jude Cole. Uh, it's bringing down the horse was the uh, album I purchased. Yes, which is the second one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think it is. Or is that the first one? What's okay. the cover like? Uh, stars on a black background yeah uh is it, and does it start with um it's got sixth avenue heartache on it yes yeah, that's yeah the one. that's the one that's the first one of theirs i heard i didn't realize it was the second album that's that's fantastic that album 
Mm. So I've just taken the Warflowers out, new album out of the car to put in Warflowers first or second album. It's that I think it's first actually, and and I think it's tremendous. Excellent. It's definitely one they broke with. Yeah, it's definitely one they broke with. Right. Anyway, uh, favorite Dylan tracks. If you want to get involved, favorite Dylan tracks. And the Warflowers album is superb, and the Duke Cole album's really, really worth a listen. Uh, the kind of thing that I think Mr. Sloan would like. I'm sure Ian would like those. Uh, I'm sure he would. Uh, actually, he might call on the podcast. Well, we can ask him. We could. He might come on at a moment's notice. He was quite an interesting chap. He's, he's done a fair bit of things with a few people. He has. He has. I was listening. Including yourself. It, well, I haven't heard it yet. Ah. But I was listening to uh, Windtown Marshalls this week while I was mm. working. It's been a couple of weeks since I put it on, but it's very good. It is. Um, I oh, can't remember which one it is. Uh, after all these years, that one. We better go because we're just rambling now, aren't we? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks to folks, right? Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Mm-hmm.